0: Welcome to Dispel Magic, the podcast where we overthink how the magic of D&D might shape your campaign in surprising and unexpected ways. I'm Benjamin, game designer and writer. You can find me on Twitter at Sterling Vermin or the internet at large at SterlingVermin.com.
1: And my name's Dane. I'm a dungeon master, a podcaster, and a voice actor. And I am everywhere at Dane in Danger. Oh, boy. Benjamin, I got a good feeling about this whole season
0: a lot of people have been holding their breath for this episode
1: <laughs> the first you know? episode of the of the
0: of the new the new business we really made them wait it probably felt like they were underwater you know just floating pressure unable to breathe un- unbearable the unbearable weight
1: of the lack of, of dispel magic
0: <laughs> yeah Yeah, but at last, here we are. At long last, they can breathe. Yeah. And we're going to celebrate and acknowledge that today with water breathing. Water breathing.
1: Water Uh, breathing. It really flows together there, doesn't it?
0: Mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Yeah, me too. Yeah, no more puns. Water
1: breathing is, I I think, a pretty widely used spell, right? I mean, I think at least once in any campaign, you're going to need to breathe underwater for one reason or another.
0: I imagine that comes up in uh, official campaigns quite a bit. You know, I don't know, because I've never played through one or run one. I don't think I've ever put my players in a situation they would need water breathing. Mm. Oh, actually, that's not true. Very last gamut session I ran for you and some other people actually involved, this spell It's true, but, uh, it's i very rarely, I very rarely have run adventures where it would be needed, but I do think enterprising players could always find a use for it.
1: Yeah. I just finished up a salt marsh campaign, which of course right, that's, n- yeah. needed quite a bit of water breathing, but, it, uh, I found a fun puzzle trap room where it the room was slowly filling up with water and there was a single statue of a fish in the middle and the answer to this puzzle was not to stop the water but to touch the statue and anyone touching the statue or touching somebody who was touching the statue could breathe underwater so the the puzzle was puzzle? just well yeah, because it, people might not necessarily know to touch the statue or to to grab onto it. And the water just
0: fills up and then they're. Yeah, but it's just not knowing something, a puzzle. Well, they're trying a lot of different things, right? That makes it a puzzle. If you tried, if you try to do a bunch of different things. They're trying to figure it out.
1: Them. They're trying to figure out what the, I, what I the guess, answer is.
0: Yeah, that's fine.
1: And the answer is touch the statue.
0: I think you should. I think you should have to kiss kiss the fish on the mouth. <laughs> If I'm being totally honest. Now that's well, a puzzle.
1: Now that's a puzzle. And there there's all sorts of like uh, kiss emojis. Uh, yes. Uh, carved yeah. into the walls. There's all the like smoochy emojis. And now it's a puzzle. Now we've got a puzzle. Now um, that's a puzzle. I didn't want to just give everybody water breathing. You know, I wanted different kind of different forms. So we had the druid. We had some polymorph. We had some potions. We had this mm-hmm. fish statue um which somebody like fashioned into a big bulky necklace uh, so that yeah was that's fine. great but anyway let's get into uh the specifics of the spell water breathing is a third level transmutation spell with the ritual tag available to artificers druids rangers sorcerers and wizards it takes one action to cast has a range of 30 feet and a duration of 24 hours The spell text says this spell grants up to 10 willing creatures you see within range the ability to breathe underwater until the spell ends. Affected creatures also retain their normal mode of respiration. Very straightforward. Yeah, it it does what it says on the tin.
0: Yeah, we uh, have often commented on whether or not. You just read the longest spell description ever. I think this is definitely in the running for the shortest spell description ever. It's two sentences.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's 10 willing creatures. It's a one and done thing. You know, it's even a ritual. It doesn't even cost a spell slot. This is made for
0: adventuring parties to be able to do the thing they want to do. It's really interesting that it's a ritual because it seems in the situation where you would need it at all, it seems good enough that it should cost you a resource,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: but, but okay. And, and everyone can cast it. <laughs> like if you can do magic,
1: yeah, you can cast water breathing.
0: Although of the classes that get it, um, druid and wizard get ritual casting, but I ranger definitely doesn't. I don't Correct. think sorcerer does. That's and I'm true, pretty man. sure artificer doesn't either. So you'd have to take a feat to be able to do that. Yeah. So you'd either need to take a feat or be a druid or a wizard. Mm. So maybe that's the, I mean, I guess that's the, that's the hitch.
1: That's the trade trade off. Have an underwater adventure. That's what this is inviting you yeah, to do. Right. Go to the, yeah. go to the elemental plane of water. Like right. A a right. giant turtle, like all all those fun things. It doesn't say that you can speak underwater, which has been, which was a fun workaround for my salt marsh campaign. They, uh, practiced quote-unquote practiced uh, hand gestures before doing it Um, and then they found a psychic lobster an intelligent psychic lobster that we used as a conduit to uh, that they could all kind of speak to each other in images through their brain
0: yeah that makes sense
1: (laughs) it does doesn't
0: it yeah yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's funny that you point that out. I, I think I kind of ignore that in a lot of the notes later, although mm-hmm. I do I do think hand gestures is a good workaround. The other thing I thought was kind of weird that I noticed when, when we used it in, in a game recently was that this doesn't grant a swim speed. Correct. Yeah. And I think when you are swimming and you don't have a swim speed, your speed is halved. So even though you can breathe underwater now for up to 24 hours, you're moving at like 15 feet a turn which is pretty slow. Boring. Yeah, pretty boring.
1: Besides, Benjamin, besides the classic water level,
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: how do you you see this playing, playing out in a world?
0: Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of, in a very um, kind of one and done type of scenarios, there's a lot of ways that people could use this spell. If it doesn't have an entrenched place in the culture, there's a lot of ways people can use this spell to gain an element of surprise. So a few examples of that are in war. If you can imagine you have like an island nation or just a coastal nation and it's being invaded with by ships, you can cast the spell on a bunch of soldiers, have them waiting in the water so that when the ship's beach and the enemy soldiers start charging the beach, you can now pinch them between your land-based army and your underwater-based army that's, like, running out of the water. Some variations of that in, like, a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, I, I i imagine you could probably even just sink ships doing it right. that way. Like, just stay underwater and then just start puncturing ships as they get close to your uh, shore. Well-placed fireball, underwater fireball? Yeah, yeah, sure. That might have a verbal component, and so then you're back to... Oh, yeah. Can you do that underwater? Although I think for that, you could like just very quickly surface. Like if you're hanging out underwater, like 50 feet below the surface where nobody can see you and then you swim up, cast the spell and swim back down again, you're probably pretty safe.
1: Yeah, I definitely was pretty hand wavy with that stuff. Underwater. I, I wouldn't.
0: Yeah. I mean, I as a DM, I wouldn't um, be very picky about that because it also just would make the game very boring. It would make the game pretty boring to not yeah. let people you're already
1: uh, attacking at disadvantage with right. non piercing weapons, which yeah. is
0: rough. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. A couple other examples are that in crime, uh, there's probably a lot of ways you could get into or out of via unexpected routes. Um, like I'm thinking like a river running through a fort. You could you could get get in through. It also would be an easy way to hide. You steal whatever you're gonna steal and then instead of beating feet out of town or trying to make it to the next city over, you just go hang out at the bottom of a lake for a week or something till the heat dies off. That's a good
1: one. Eating the eating the little fishies down there. Sure. Making some yeah. uh seaweed salads. That's right. The very same. I can I can imagine having to pull a, a Shawshank with this too. Mm. In the in the yeah. sewers, you know? That's not just water.
0: Ooh. Yeah, it doesn't give you sewage breathing, so your mileage may vary on that. Talk to your DM. Yeah, <laughs> see what Talk you can to your work DM out about whether water breathing lets you breathe urine, feces, and other human waste.
1: Yeah, and you know the human body is eighty percent water, so can can you breathe humans is a real question yeah. that you
0: should ponder. I want you to ponder it. This is a spell that I think every ship is going to want to have available to them. Hundred percent. As, you as know, in the event often of, uh, as they can. Right. Yeah. And and I hadn't thought of this until right now, which is pretty ridiculous. Any pirate that is not using water breathing is a really second rate pirate.
1: It would be a part of the the uniform. You get on a ship, you put on a ring of water breathing or something like that. You know, you just or it's part of breakfast. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the ship spellcaster is just like all right water breathing everyone done yeah
0: so then so then you've got like half the crew just hanging onto the bottom of the ship while it's sailing along yeah then when you run into enemies the people on board are shooting at them and everybody under just starts swimming towards the other boat to bo- start boarding it while there's chaos happening i don't think a lot uh, i think a lot of D games end up fighting pirates i don't know how many become pirates but that could be a fun encounter where you're getting boarded by water-breathing pirates while you're also fighting ship-to-ship combat really mix it up definitely (laughs) that and that and something like um gust of wind there's probably like a few a few spells that a uh, a hedge mage specifically hired to be on a ship would need to have water breathing would be one gust of wind would be another and i'm sure like maybe speak with animals probably so you can talk to the fishies
1: figure out where you are where the land
0: is things like
1: that if you get lost i guess light light would be a good one instead of hedge mage would they be like a Kelp mage? Would that be the the shorthand for kelp? Yeah, because they're on the ocean. They're like water, water instead of a hedge in the in the in the forests.
0: I feel like there's a better. There's a hedge in the. I don't know if that's what where the hedge and hedge mage comes from. Um, that's how I always thought. I think there are probably more interesting names to come up with, but I did not think of any and so i have to sure. acquiesce to um kelp kelp mage all right sure the listeners listeners let us <laughs> yes save me from having to call these things kelp mages
1: what what would you call a hedge mage a waterfaring hedge mage let us know at dispel magic pod on twitter help benjamin Do out get him get him out of this this uh name prison i've put him in
0: Speaking of prisons, we previously talked about bags of holding, and I think maybe even in like a follow-up episode, we, we just talked about this, but just so people don't have to jump all the way back to that episode and listen to it, um, bag of holding, it gives you like um, 10 minutes of combined breathable air if you start putting people inside of it, but if you take your bag of holding, fill it up with water, and then throw some people in it with a spell on them, suddenly... They can breathe, for, they 24 can breathe hours. for 24 hours. Yeah, that uh, all the shenanigans that come from carrying people around with a bag of holding become a lot more manageable. Actually, I guess you don't even have to do that. You just get like a fishbowl, turn it over on their head, and then fill that up with water and throw them in there.
1: I feel like that would be, work better because if you're doing an infiltration mission with your party, you don't want to be all wet when you get out. Generally, the DMs I've worked with say that thaumaturgy doesn't doesn't clean water it doesn't dry you out you'd be you'd be soaked you'd be dripping dripping all over the castle trying to get into that uh throne room steal the crown and and there'd be a big trail of water behind you they'd be able to find that's you true yeah too, that's too true. fast you would have you
0: would have to worry about that um i guess you'd have a second bag of holding with ta- towels and uh change of clothes for everyone or just do the fishbowl thing obviously one of those but you know we haven't really. Oh, we haven't even dug in yet. Blown up D and D yet, and there's really no point in talking about any spell unless we're going to blow up D and D
1: with it. Just really screw it up,
0: really throw it on its ear. Something we talked about at the top: the spells are ritual. We love ritual spells. Love them. Best spells out there, I think. It's a toss-up between ritual spells and spells that have until dispelled as their oh. duration.
1: Excellent point.
0: Those are the two things to look for when you're looking at a dispel magic spell. Yeah, so it's a ritual spell that can affect up to 10 people at a time. So you can cast this, assuming you are just going to stay awake 24 hours a day casting water breathing. You can cast it 144 times. A little bit less than that, but I didn't care to do that much math about
1: it. I was going to say, first episode of the season, and you're already jumping right (laughs) into the calculator, man. Oh,
0: boy. with... 144 times a day, times 10, that's 1,440 creatures a day that you can affect per spellcaster that has the spell and knows it as a ritual. If you want to reduce that to something more manageable, like an eight hour workday of just casting this ritual, that's 48 castings. And so you can target up to 480 creatures. So kind of on an ongoing basis, if we just want to say you've got a druid who's trying to move a group of people kind of indefinitely through water easily managed to do that with 480 people that's wild it's a lot of people (laughs) it's 24 hours and so that's like 480 people that can just kind of permanently live underwater come
1: up at the uh, when they wake up in the morning get their refresh go right back in Do you long for a simpler time? Want to get away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life? Are you tired of being woken up every single morning by the incessant screeching of birdsong? Do you want to get away? Well, now you can. Welcome to Vista and Lamar, a new planned settlement under the waves. This exciting new opportunity underwater is only available for a short time. Come live with friendly, like-minded individuals, gorgeous ocean views, and every meal taken care of. Kelp. From food to clothing and even the ability to breathe, let our trained Druid Community Coordinator take care of everything. Come make new friends and start a new life in beautiful Vista and Lamar, where life goes with the flow. Isn't that right, Snorkel? That's Dolphin for Yes.
0: There's like a few, the the immediate thing it makes me think of is when we talked about create or destroy water, we talked about how a druid could use that to create a desert cult and here we have basically the same thing but in underwater cult almost almost opposite in a way the same but opposite yeah you have to go to the druid to get your daily water breathing or else you're going to die right and so in that way it's even like better than the creator destroy water cult because there you're just supplying them with water which maybe they could try to leave your region and trying to dig for some
1: water, they're trying to make their own well.
0: But if you're a druid who's attracted a following and takes them underwater deep enough and they're just living by you casting water breathing on them, then they don't have a lot of lot of options. Completely dependent on you. If you combined this spell, if you combined water breathing with things like plant growth and continual flame, I think you can imagine maybe a Permanent civilization, Not I don't know if civilization would be the right word, but permanent settlements, mm-hmm. permanent kind of relocated settlements being developed underwater. Well, I
1: definitely think of farming and, you know, you laughed at Kelp Mage earlier, but seaweed, kelp, very edible. You know, you can make a lot of
0: different food. But yeah. seaweed, kelp, very edible. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's very edible. It's. uh Oh, very. I heard fairy. Oh. And I was trying to figure out. What a seaweed kelp fairy edible could possibly? And I assumed it was a drug thing. Kelp gets you high, everyone. You heard it here first. Well, fairy kelp does.
1: Yeah, at least at least in the Feywild. I see kelp and seaweed being much more integrated into people's diets, especially on the coastal regions. Being able to go out and harvest a plant that grow that can grow up to five feet a day which seaweed can do you know that's a that's a bumper crop that's even that's not even with uh plant growth that's just how kelp grows is four to five feet a day hi there folks this is dane with a little editorial note uh it is not five feet a day it is in fact a foot and a half future dane looked it up now back to the show
0: it's insane. That would probably be, that would be in some kind of expression, I think, in a in a group of people that permanently live underwater. Something about watching the kelp grow.
1: Yeah. Meaning they, they want it to happen fast. I want you to do this like the kelp grows.
0: Yeah. Or it could be like just an expression for how you spend a few hours. Sure. Oh man. I, you know, during my lunch break, I just,
1: I just like going and watching the kelp grow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like Take some that. time for myself. But the other thing we talked about when we talked about plant growth is that it directly only affects plants. Mm-hmm. But when you affect plants that way, you're affecting all the herbivores. Eventually, you know, that would cause an explosion of growth in the herbivore populations, right. which would cause an explosion of growth in the omnivore and carnivore populations. And so you also increase all the fishing that would be possible. So it it starts to look like more and more like this spell really does allow people to kind of permanently move underwater.
1: Underwater cities. We got rapture going. That and speak with animals. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be tending to your seaweed farm 24 hours a day. And maybe you can convince some particularly gullible sharks to to uh, guard it for you, you know, because you got the crabs going around and ha- harvesting the kelp and then the dolphins gathering it up into bushels or the, you know, or
0: the octopi or whatever, what have you. That I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's a little beneath both of those animals, but they want to be a little more intellectually
1: stimulated. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then the the octopus is like making the tallies and making yes. the spreadsheet of the doing
0: the abacus to count the different kelp. Um, what do you call them? Patties. Kelp patties. Ew. No, I was t- I'm thinking about like when you've got like a hay, a hay bale, like a kelp bale. Kelp, kelp
1: patties are a real thing, but I think they're also kelp forests when you're under underwater. I grew up by the beach. You grew up uh, with pawpaw trees. I grew up by the beach where our field trips would be going to the beach and like studying kale that had been water. I,
0: I eat pawpaws. You eat kelp.
1: That, correct. Yes. And I know what a brittle <laughs> star is, which is fun. Okay. Sea cucumbers. Those
0: are real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can you're talk just naming things. Kid, You're just naming things kids know now that's right anyway you you are smarter than a (laughs) kid or at least smart as a kid that um speak with animals and awaken both become like really useful for anybody who does want to set up an underground settlement or an underwater settlement or an underwater civilization i think we should transition a bit now and talk about um, what some of those underwater civilizations might look like.
1: Thinking about it, being able to, these animals helping you out and, and also uh, spending so much time under there, I think bringing down portable bubbles, being able to capture air and bring it down with you in some mm-hmm. fashion, that would be a necessity. Maybe that's where people sleep.
0: Right. Well, except for that they can breathe water for 24 hours. I mean, like, I do think any settlement or civilization that relies on this spell is is probably always under the effect of this spell, even right. if they're in a safe place. So it's probably just a part of their, you go Booty. to temple every morning yeah. and you get this spell cast on you so that uh, you're safe, no matter what, whether yeah. you have to breathe water that day or not.
1: Druid's blessing,
0: sure. I mean, there's a couple of situations, I guess, like, why would people choose to to move underwater, given that it's it makes them dependent on a spellcaster. One thing I was thinking of is that you could live in a society that's being invaded, a culture that's being invaded by an imperial power of some kind. And rather than, you know, you, you have to, you know, give up your home, but rather than choose to live in subjugation of some kind, you choose to flee with uh, a druids or wizards, of your of your culture and relocate underwater. Beneath the waves. Freedom beneath the waves. Right. Right. If you're if you're thinking long term, probably your invaders have no idea what happened to you. Yeah. Like they're just like, <laughs> what? And then like two years later you pop out of the water and you've got you just been preparing for war the entire time. Might give you the edge in taking back uh which then is leaves this cool idea of Areas that are really war-torn, you just sometimes find underwater settlements for people who've, like, re- relocated down there while they plot an attack on the surface. Safe house, as it were. And then
1: they come back super-powered on, on kelp juice.
0: Just right. Just raring to go, teeming with underwater might. Yeah, you probably, um, you know, do a lot of push-ups down there. Beyond Beyond that one option... I think also the fact that this spell exists, um, druids are a class in the game. It makes total sense that there are nomadic tribes of people that just live exclusively or kind of amphibiously Prim- on water. Underwater, yeah. yeah. Uh, or, and like in underwater and on land. Seasonally, maybe. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly, yeah. Like in the summer, they move under the waves where it's cooler. In the winter, they move onto the land where it's warmer or, or just maybe kind of as as needed for farming or or fishing or hunting.
1: Instead of where the wind blows, where the tide pushes. Right.
0: And what I like about that idea is that it's easy, I think, to imagine that those kinds of nomadic tribes are, that they've been around for a while, Mm -hmm. you know, that there's a lot of uh, ritual custom to that. So it's not just a reaction somebody did, they ran underwater and then they're trying to recreate their surface life as much as they can underwater. You've got people who really, whose whole kind of cultural identity is either about being underwater or is about that kind of seasonal transition from land to water.
1: They have a way of water.
0: This episode brought to you by, um, James Cameron, (laughs) James Cameron, um, Please go see the movie. Tell them that Dispel Magic sent you and we get a buck off your um, ticket sales. So, One whole buck. But then, you know, the final kind of shape of of how this might play out is... Shape um, of Water? God damn it. I actually never saw that movie, but I would like to. It's very good. I liked it a lot. I think I would like it. I don't know why I haven't made time to see it. Um, The final Shape of Water that this could take... I don't know enough about the uh, physics, I guess, of this to make it totally make sense. But I I can imagine that there's probably ways to transfer air from the surface to the to the bottom of whatever.
1: No, you make uh, watertight bladders and capture capture the bubble, the the air, and you bring it down with you, or maybe some sort of big
0: big tubes where you can like kind of push the air down,
1: siphon air in into the right.
0: Would that be possible? And anyway, even if none of that's possible, then just like open up a gate to the plane of air in your underwater city that you – in your airtight underwater city that you've built and then put a bunch of – Bubbles. Well, bubbles, yeah. But what are they – the little room that you go into where one door shuts and the other door opens so that you can prevent – Oh, I know what you're talking about. I
1: can't think of it either.
0: It's not – I don't think it's an airlock, but that's the only thing I can –
1: No, that is it. That is the okay. Yeah, the airlock. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's another fun. If you want to, I think also that would be really unexpected in D and D. If you encounter an underwater uh, civilization, you're probably expecting to see merfolk or sahuagin or tritons, and so I think it would it would be a fun way to kind of defy expectations by having there be people who originally were like either displaced or or some smaller settlement or civilization that moved underwater, but eventually built up and up airtight structures that they could kind of live mostly normal lives, normal for surface dweller lives, under the water. And then, you know, lastly, the, we kind of talked on this uh, with the nomadic tribes, is that um, it's pretty easy to imagine that this spell facilitates coastal settlements that have elements below and above the water. There's no reason for the city to end where the water is. Oh, I love does. that idea. Yeah. There could be components of the of the city that live underwater. I mean, I think you could do something really fun where like the thieves guild operates like underwater basically underwater if you didn't want to play a super big role but wanted there to be some component of that or it might be that only rich people can afford to get water breathing cast on them and so like Mm. all the super super glam parts of town or hot spots are underwater
1: you know it's hotter under the water
0: uh it's better down where it's wetter that's right take it from me naturally
1: uh and the thieves guild generally operate out of sewers anyway right like nine times out of ten you're <laughs> gonna find the thieves guild in the sewers so just take that extra step put them all i wonder the if
0: there's i wonder how many historical examples there are of of thieves <laughs> next operating zero. out of sewers it would have to be next to zero that's absolutely Thieves don't want to be in the stinky parts and why like, and why would they there's no reason for them to no reason By and whatsoever. Large. I, so, we had on that episode, I think, where we talked about Speak with Animals and Awaken, we talked about how a, how a coastal town or city might use that to really dominate the water, have a kind of awakened animals scout out ships to prevent piracy, help them fight off kind of any naval force that came at them. With the combination of this spell, where, where a section of the city might be underwater, it really kind of pushes that idea even further.
1: you always want to heighten heighten the the ideas,
0: yeah, and I think whereas underwater civilizations are a pretty common trope, I don't know if this is as common, so you can I think it's also kind of a surprising thing to drop into into your game, so um something players will have a lot of fun with and be curious to investigate.
1: I already want to play a campaign that has a underwater uh, a city that's half underwater where all the rich people live under there where they can just float around and be lazy or whatever they do whatever rich people do that's
0: pretty much what rich people do yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) well I think that about wraps it up for us before we go I just want to say thank you all for joining us for our third season we have a lot of fun things planned coming up we've got a lot of great guests and We are changing to a bi-weekly format, so look for us every other week
0: going forward. But, um, yeah, thank you, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again after your next long rest.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Dispel Magic. If this has inspired any ideas for your game, or you have another take on today's topic, please let us know on Twitter. At Dispel Magic Pod. You can find Benjamin at Sterling Vermin and Dane at Dane in Danger. Thank you to Slim Mittens for our cover art, produced by Benjamin Huffman, produced and edited by Dane Fox McGraw.